Thank you for tuning in to the sermon webcast of Living Savior Lutheran Church. We are one church serving in two locations, both Asheville and Hendersonville, North Carolina. The following was a devotion shared on December 22nd, 2019, during the service of Lessons and Carols. By this time, you probably aren't thinking about Black Friday anymore. Or maybe you're just starting to wrap all of those presents and you struck it big on Black Friday, and so you might be proverbially patting yourself on the back and smiling about that gift that you found, that blockbuster deal of sorts, and ready to put that under the tree because it's only a couple days away, that whole Christmas thing. In retrospect now, I bring that up because it, it's quite interesting where you and I sit right now, where you kind of get to look back on where things have been towards the end of November and thus far in December, and you know that Christmas is just a couple days away, and we are at a very important and interesting juncture. And I'll maybe illustrate that by sharing a couple statistics with you. A survey was conducted, and they discovered that one in ten Americans that they surveyed would gladly eat only oatmeal for two weeks if it meant that they got a shot at a half-price TV on Black Friday. One in 10 Americans also, you might be wondering, where are these Americans from? We're not going down that road. (laughs) One in 10 Americans also stated that they would gladly live on a deserted island for a week if it meant that they would get a shot at a half-price, big flat-screen, high-def, whatever else, TV. Now, maybe you are thinking, where are these Americans from? And I'm kind of thinking that, too. When I read this article, I was looking at the bottom because I'm kind of a geek when it comes to people who cite statistics. You know what I mean by statistics? Like, one in ten? You can make one in ten people say just about anything you want one in ten people to say. And while that may or may not be true, there was no footnote with some reference conducted by, by Barnum or some other Gallup poll or anything like that. It was just kind of cited by this author, and so I'm kind of thinking to myself, really? Did one in ten Americans really say that? But then you know what I said to myself? One in ten Americans said that. Yeah, they did. Does that surprise you? I mean, if there would have been three or four statistics or references made, citations that were offered that kind of illustrated the proof behind even like the percent plus or minus of the degree of error done with these statistics, because that's kind of what statisticians are supposed to do, would would any of it have surprised you if you saw that it was legit? One in ten, oatmeal. One in ten, deserted island. No. No. And I bring that up because it elicits a wonderful question that you and I ha- are, are supposed to ask according to our culture, that we are even drawn to ask according to the intellectual, in, intuition, the intellectual intuition that we ourselves have. And, and what I mean by that is this. Are we getting everything that not just we, we need, as we talked about in our children's message last week, but are we getting the things that we want, the things that we're truly after in this season, because whether or not you're listening to culture and consumerism and the advertisements, even if you're just listening to what's going on in your own head and heart, there is something about this season which begs for you to get what you are after. My first question to you is, are you getting that? 
I don't think it would take you eating oatmeal for a week or living on a deserted island to, to get whatever you're after, but my first question is, are you, are you getting it? Whatever it is that you would have to sacrifice in order to get what you're after, but maybe that, there's a question we should ask before that, which is, what, what is it that you're after? What is it? Maybe you can identify with people like Adam and Eve who were the only people ever who knew what it was like beforehand how wrong they were when they thought that the grass was greener and they realized that on the other side there's no such green grass at all. Who remember what it was like to live in communion with God in perfection and to lose the full realization of the image of God. Who knew what it was like beforehand. Who literally could think back, remember what it was like before we totally messed it up. And then to hear from God himself Speaking to that serpent and saying, I will put enmity, that strife, between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He, the woman's offspring, will crush your head. And for Adam and Eve to think, there is still hope in this. This is what we're after. For Abraham to hear, so shall your offspring be. All nations on earth will be blessed through you. Look at the stars. Look at the sand. And then for Abraham to hear, Exactly what he was after. Yes, this is what I need. This is what I'm hoping for. This is what I'm after. For Isaiah to look at the ruin in which he lived and and then to hear God telling him not just that there would be a savior, but what he's like. Yes, there's more than just the name, but what's behind this name? He will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. He's going to do this. That's what Isaiah was after. For Micah to, along with everybody else, to long to hear where this would even take place. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come. Out of you will come the Savior. And even though Micah never could have predicted such an unpredictable promise, he knew this, this is what we're after. This is what we're after. This is where it's going to take place. Joseph never signed up to be pledged to, to be married to Mary and then to find out that she's pregnant and he knows he's not the daddy. And then an angel from the Lord appears to him and says, this is exactly according to God's plan. And then in humility, he willingly becomes the surrogate father of the Savior. More than that, he wouldn't just go along and say, okay, but he would actually say, this is everything that we've longed for. He would take care of her and this child because he knew it was bigger than him. It was everything that he longed for. For Mary to be totally blown away by what was happening with her, how was she to know? She never had written this out for herself, and then, and then for her to say, may it be to me as you, would, as you have said, my soul magnifies the Lord. All nations on earth will call me blessed. Wise men were, knew something about the promises. Daniel had spent a long time over in Persia. The word of God had been there for a long time. All that they knew, we do not know, but that they knew something, we do know. And throughout the orchestration of miraculous works of astrology and all other things, God made it happen that after that child was born, long after that child was born, here come wise men. Wiser than even what we would say is wise by earthly standards, as they would by faith behold the Savior and bring him gifts, but they would receive a gift far greater than they could ever give. Everything that they were after. You and I get to sit where we are today, and you get to ask yourself, and I get to ask myself, are you getting what you're really after? 
because of it is just stuff like a TV or just a smile on a face for a time. Just a moment that will serve as nostalgia in the future or some temporary idyllic peace. Then, my friends, I have some sad news for you. No matter what you are willing to sacrifice to get that, not only can that be taken from you, it will. It will. But if you are after a glory so bright that this world cannot duplicate it, if you are after a gift wrapped in such simple means, yet it is beyond profound, if you are after blessings that cannot be measured, and the lasting of those blessings in years that cannot be numbered, if you are after gifts that you know that you could never think to give because they are unpredictable, and more than that, you would know that these gifts are not just for some people, but they are for all people, and therefore they are for you. If you are after that, then first you get to thank God with me that he has given you that desire, that longing, and then you also get to thank God that he is the only one who could fill that God-sized void inside not just your head, but in your heart, in your soul. You are about to hear words that we are again going to hear at Christmas Day, but you and I get to ponder the ninth lesson. And in these words, you get to hear God through the Apostle John tell you exactly what we are after. More than that, you get to see it. We have seen his glory. The glory of the only begotten who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace, God's undeserved favor for you. That's what you're after. No, you can't earn it. No sacrifice will do. Full of truth because you're sick of the lies and the twisting narratives of this world. Full of something that this world cannot give you. Full of something that this world therefore can't take away. And just so you know that it is for you, God tells you, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Just as the Savior spoke through those angels to the shepherds. A Savior has been born to you. Just as Isaiah longed to hear and then his ears rung with those promises, to us a child is born, to us a son is given. My friends, where you are sitting right now is a wonderful place to be because it's almost all over. But it's not for you and me. Longing to see all of God's promises fulfilled, promises we never could have predicted, promises that God made not just for some, but for you, just as he has for all. You and I get to sit and marvel at all of God's promises come to pass, and you get to smile, and you get to marvel, because you know that all of this is for you. The ninth lesson, John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. 
There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The word of the Lord. 